Welcome to the Grace Fellowship Church of Ephrata podcast. Our desire is to help you grow in your journey with Jesus, no matter where you are. For more information, please check out our website at www.gfchurch.net. Uh, well, today um, I'm, I'm doing a little bit of a detour before we get into our series that's going to lead into Easter, and I like doing this from time to time as the Lord's been putting things on my heart, or sometimes I just need to highlight certain things or draw our attention to certain things today. Now, there's about 90% of you today that may say this has nothing to do with me. Uh, well, that's not, obviously, I'm not targeting you with this, but what I would challenge all of those that say, I already know this, I've already done this today is who are you challenging with this? And I, I put that right out there up front before I get into what we're going to talk about today because if you're like me and you sit and you begin to hear a sermon and you're like, oh, yeah, I know where this is going. If you've been in church a long time, like there's not a whole lot that pastors can throw out at you that you're like, oh, man, I'd never thought of that before. Whoa, that's amazing. Um, we sometimes can mentally tune out. And in all reality, what we need to do is rethink what is being taught and how we put it into action. What am I as a believer doing about this or doing with this? Who can I pass this on to? So a couple uh, years back, I, I picked up a book, and I had heard an interview with the authors. I thought I'd pick it up, and I don't think I've mentioned this book before. If I have, forgive me. Um, I repeat myself from time to time. Uh, called Rocky Stories. Um, now, here, here's what this is all about. Uh, many of us know, if not all of us, the Rocky Stairs Philadelphia Museum of Art. Um, uh, you, uh, because of the movie Rocky back in the 1980s, uh, as, as Rocky IV was my absolute favorite. I watched it every day I came home from school for about three months. No lie. I had it memorized. Still do. Um, anyway, uh, Rocky Stories <clears throat> was written about uh, the Philadelphia Museum of Art Stairs because... If you were to go to Philadelphia this afternoon and you go to the Museum of Art, you could sit at the base of the stairs and you were going to see people, groups of people, all the time, every day, showing up to the stairs and running up the stairs. And some will jump up at the top. You know, you got pictures of this and all this. And this is an interesting phenomenon started by the movie because it's a sign of triumph and, you know, I've done it. I'm ready to fight. Uh, Rocky does in the movie. That's sort of his declaration moment that he's done training. Um, and, and I put this out there for this reason because uh, it was, it's become an impactful meaning for many people to run up these steps. Uh, the, uh, this book is filled with stories that the authors collected of people who ran up the steps. They just asked, so why are you running up the steps today? And some people were like, because it's fun and it's what they do in the movie. But there were many people who actually ran up and they were like, I just was cleared of cancer. And this was my way of signifying that I've beaten cancer. There were others, they had finally, uh, uh, you know, graduated and they would run up the stairs to celebrate there, were, uh, there was a couple I know uh, that after they got engaged, because they got engaged later in life, it was like we finally got engaged, and uh, one of them ran up the stairs, but the other one walked up the stairs. Oh, that was my wife and I. Um, I knew why you were supposed to run up the stairs. Uh, she was very tired and sleep-deprived. She's going to, I'm getting the glare now. I'm in trouble. Uh, she had been up all night working to let her off the hook, but... Uh, the significance of running up the stairs is this big celebration. It's this big moment where you're like, I've done it. I've done it. 
And it's a declaration that you've done something. So this book is full of it. And it's, it's pretty fascinating uh, to hear the reasons that people do it. But it reminded me of this. There are times in our life that we need to do something that declares that we are doing something, declare that we have done something. And at times it needs to be extremely public. It needs to be something others know about, others see. I want you to think about some of the most important decisions that you've made in your life that maybe you did something significant to signify it. Uh, whether it was an event, maybe it was a long event. Maybe you just went out and hit up your favorite restaurant. Whatever it was, what was that moment? We have a lot of these throughout our culture. We just don't necessarily think of them as a declaration, something of significance. Uh, you think of it, uh, uh, pulling uh, Beth back into this, no, you'll, you'll be fine um, with this one, I promise. Uh, but we got married. Why do we do weddings? Okay? We do weddings to signify my declaration of love for each other, our commitment to one another in front of people. That's why we, we do a wedding. I mean, it's a big deal. The other one, we graduate. That's me graduating from LBC. Yes, my uh, degree was not in there because I owed $900. Um, <clears throat> they still let me walk, uh, thankfully. Uh, but anyway, I got it later that week. Anyhow, so uh, <clears throat> with this, why do we have graduation? I mean, the reality is, is I completed the coursework. I didn't have to show up for graduation. I have skipped a graduation or two in the past. But here's the thing. We do it because it's a declaration. It's a celebration. It's a moment in time that I am going to be able to look back. With the wedding, I can look back and remember that was the moment, Beth and I, we committed to each other before God, before the presence of witnesses, to stay together. That was the moment with graduation that it finally was this declaration. I have completed my coursework. I'm done. I finished. These are important. They're all throughout, all throughout our culture. And in Christianity, it is no different. In our walk with Christ, it is no different. I think it's a natural thing, and it's something that we need to make sure we do. And there are some in here today that may not have done this yet. And I'm going to talk about two important ones today. Uh, I want to show you the reason why I think it is so important for declaration from a biblical perspective. Uh, uh, and we're going to take a look here at Acts 2, uh, starting at verse 36. Uh, as you, uh, if you want to turn to it, I'll have it up here on the screen. Acts 2 uh, is at the very, very birthday of the church, the very beginning. Uh, Peter gives his first public sermon. After the Holy Spirit has come upon them, tongues of fire have appeared. They start speaking in other languages. People are like, what are you, why are you speaking in my native language? You shouldn't know that. And Peter says, let me tell you why. And he goes through and he gives about a five to ten minute gospel presentation walking through the Old Testament. <clears throat> and then he says this profound statement at the end before all of these people that are wondering what is happening here with these people. He says, therefore, let all Israel... Be assured of this, God has made this Jesus whom you crucified, both Lord and Messiah. He makes this declarative statement, Jesus is the Messiah, the one you've been looking for, the one you've said you've been looking for, and you just crucified him. But there was a purpose in it. It was our salvation. He goes on in the next verse. He says this, when the people heard this, they were what? Cut. Cut. To the heart. Cut to the heart. That means 
I mean, they weren't like, how dare you? A trigger warning. You should have given me a trigger warning. No, they were cut to the heart. And they said to Peter and the other apostles, brothers, what should we do? We believe you're right about this. What should we do? And Peter goes on. He says this. Peter replies, repent and be baptized. Every one of you. In the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Peter says this. You need to turn from the life you've lived. If you believe he is who, who, who we just declared him to be, the Messiah, then you need to do something declarative. And that is to believe in him through repentance, turning from sin. But there's this other aspect here that he mentions baptism. Now, uh, I, I won't get too deep down this rabbit hole. Baptism does not save you. Uh, we do not teach that here. It is part, though, of a process of showing my identification with Christ and the body of Christ. Uh, it is a symbolic thing, but it is an important thing. It's a public thing. It's a, a declarative statement. Think about this. He's telling these people, and it was a lot of them. You'll see the number in a second. It was a lot of them. You all need to be baptized to declare your faith in Jesus, to show you have made this decision to repent and turn your life over to him, and we want everyone to see it. They were going to be seen. Now, this is not popular because there's religious leaders around. Pharisees and so on are still looking and watching. When they get baptized, they put a target on themselves. Yet it was to be publicly made known, publicly seen. And he says, and the gift of the Holy Spirit will be given to them as they turn their life over to Christ. It goes on in the next verses and says this, the promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off, for all whom the Lord our God will call, even us here. The promise is there. You will receive the Holy Spirit. When you turn your life over to Christ, the Holy Spirit dwells us, fills us. We turn from our life of sin. There's a change in our life, but we make it known. We aren't shy about it. It was not made to be private. It is made to be known. Passage goes on. It says this, With many other words he warned them, and he pleaded with them, Save yourselves from this corrupt generation. Boy, that sounds familiar. And goes on and says this, uh, those who accepted his message, those that believed Jesus was the Messiah, those that said, I'm in, Jesus was the Messiah, I'm repenting and turning from my sin, I'm all in. They were baptized and about how many? That's just a small number, right? That is a... <laughs> That is anyone who is in operations and trying to figure out how organizations work, how do you do all this stuff, how do you take care of all these people. That's a nightmare. That's a logistical nightmare right there. 3,000 people in one day are baptized and are added to the church. One day. They felt so moved to first off do one declaration of their uh, commitment to Jesus, but then secondly to be baptized and to make it known, not just to believe it, not just to confess it with their mouth, but to make it known. Peter didn't hold back. Peter would not have fit in today's culture because Peter and Paul both in the Bible, the both apostles, did not pull any punches. They hit you in the mouth with the truth whether you liked it or not because they saw the urgency of the matter that they didn't care so much about feelings. Truth is truth. And so they hit these people with it. You just crucified your Messiah. You just crucified him. 
Now repent. He didn't say, well, why don't you try out? We're going to have a test run. If you want to try and be a part of the church, uh, you can go for a 30-day period. If you don't like it, no money back. You'll get your money back, all that. You know, no, no, no harm, no foul. No, he tells them, you're going to publicly identify with Christ and us. That's it. And so he doesn't pull any punches. That's not popular today because we do want to be sensitive to people, but sometimes we get too sensitive to people. We're too afraid that something about the Bible, something about our faith might trigger them, and so we don't mention it. We stay away. We try to, to, to you know, bubble wrap it so that it, it won't offend them. If, but sometimes truth is truth, and truth needs to be declared. And people need to be called to make up their mind if they believe it to be true or not. And Peter did this. Those who bapti- were baptized, those 3,000 people knew they were Publicly identifying, they were declaring that they were following Jesus and it identified them with Christ in the church. As we know, those of us that have read the Bible, this isn't the only place in the Bible where people were called to do something declarative and really, really hard uh, to make a black and white declaration. One example in the Old Testament, and there's several, I started to list them, and I'm like, man, I don't even have enough time. Joshua 24, 15, Joshua tells the people, choose this day whom you will serve. As for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. Elijah does one. Uh, He basically calls the people out. Are you going to serve God or not? Uh, You know, if it's undesirable to you, don't follow him. At least make it known, which it is. Jesus himself, multiple times, he made hard statements. You know, if Jesus had a public relations agent, he would have been a nightmare for them. Because just when Jesus would get popular, just when the crowds would start to grow, he'd be something like Matthew 16, 24. If anyone's going to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross. No, 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 Jesus. You don't need to say that. You need to say something cool. You need to say something fun. You need to say something that will make this a little bit more uh, something people want to be a part of. And Jesus had no problem making harsh statements, basically saying, you want to follow me? It's time for your own personal death sentence to yourself. Take up your cross. Follow me. It's not going to be easy. But at least those that take up their cross and follow him, we know we're making a declaration that they believed in him. It's not the first time we see this. You know, as I said, in this age, in our current age, um, this isn't popular. You know, this is just an example of what our age is all about. Our age is all about trial periods. You know, you can try something out for a while and make up your mind if you want to make the commitment or not. Subscription services, uh, everything's subscription now. It's like, good night. I mean, my toothpaste might be subscription now. And there's probably a toothpaste subscription service out there now. But the idea with the subscription is you pay a little bit every month, and if you just don't like us anymore, it's okay, no harm, no foul. Just end the subscription. We're in an age of memberships for everything. And the idea and concept of a hard commitment, a hard declaration that I am his is dead in the water today. It's unacceptable. It's not, it's, it's foreign concept to make such a brash black and white statement. And yet, I believe we see from Acts chapter 2, that was a norm. You were going to follow Jesus. You knew what you were You were giving up. We have brothers and sisters in Christ in the world right now, in areas of the Middle East, in areas of Asia. We know that by them saying, I will be baptized or I'm going to be a Christian, 
it is imposing basically a death sentence upon themselves. We know it. But we live in the United States, and we don't, we don't feel that ourselves, and we lose that concept. We lose that idea about the importance of a declaration. My point today is this, that public declarations help firm up our decisions. When I make a public declaration, it helps firm up my decisions. I mentioned, you know, with marriage and so on. When I make a public declaration of my commitment to Beth, when I do that, I'm doing it before witnesses. I'm doing it before God. And when I reflect back, when I see an old wedding picture, when I watch our wedding video and all of this stuff, it is a reminder to me and it firms up and reconfirms that decision and that commitment that I made, the declaration I made. When I make a public declaration, basically you put yourself at a level and you have to be reminded of that level, that commitment that you have made. There's an importance in making public declarations there's two in particular that we are familiar with here if you're a believer, but maybe you haven't really gotten your mind around this. Maybe you've never done this yourself. The first of these is simply two declarations a believer should have. The first is a declaration of commitment. It's a commitment to Christ. It's a committing your life, the rest of your life, not a 30-day trial, not a one-year membership, the rest of your days as a single person, as a married person, as a widow, all of it. You are committing to Jesus Christ to walk with him, to identify with him, to be with him the rest of your days. I try to let my kids know this as we've had our salvation talks and so on. This isn't, well, this is just kind of cool for the season. It's, this is a bigger commitment than that. And I know they're not really going to understand that because kids, and especially teenagers, think they're going to live forever. But it is a big deal. It's a big commitment. I believe our faith is not meant to be private. And I believe that all of us following Christ need to make a declaration of commitment. Now, um, I have had some people in my ministry years who uh, weren't ones who came up and did an altar call. They weren't ones who necessarily prayed a prayer but they were genuine believers in the sense that they had made up their mind at a moment that they were following Jesus and they were going to turn from a life of sin. They had that moment, but they hadn't really had that one big wow moment. You know, the one where, you know, the clouds open up and the beam of light comes down and they were saved in that moment. I do encourage if that is your story, you've sort of been on this journey and figuring out who Jesus is and you're right there. You've actually maybe crossed that line of yes, he is who he said he is. Yes, I want to follow him and be like him. I encourage you to create a moment. Even if it is a prayer to confirm, God, I believe that I have given my life to you, but I want to make certain today that I have given my life to you. Some people call this recommitment. That was popular at camp. Uh, everyone always recommitted their life. But whatever the case, make that moment, that declarative time where you make it known, not just to you, but to those around you, to even leadership in this church. I've made my decision. I am following Jesus. No turning back. And to make that known to others, not to be afraid of it. It's a moment to be excited. It's a moment of celebration, not a moment of mourning, not a, mo a moment of dread. Uh, I was reminded of this verse as I was thinking about this uh, this past week, Romans 10, verses 9 and 10. 
because, uh, again, I, to me, this talks a little bit more about this public declaration. It says, because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes, that's internal, and is justified. And with the mouth one confesses and is saved. Now, when I grew up thinking about this, I was just thinking, well, that was just more confessing it to myself. I understand. I'm going to confess Jesus for my own well-being. Sometimes, though, it's important for us to know, too. I'll talk about that in a moment, why the church needs to know your confession as well, that you're declaring that you're following Jesus. It's important. There should be some moment where you confess, where you own up, where you admit, I have given my life, I have turned the keys of my life over to Jesus to follow him, to know him, to learn more about him, to be like him. There are some who may say, well, you know what? My faith is a personal matter. Uh, I really don't like to share that. Bad news. What I see all throughout scripture, it was meant to be public. It's meant to be known. And I'm not saying that you're going right downstairs or down uh, town to uh, Whistle Stop Plaza and yelling it all summer long. I'm a Christian. I'm a Christian. If that's what the Lord leads you to, awesome. Go do it. I am saying those around you, the church that is here to support and help you, make it known. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Cross that line of faith. There's a second declaration known. It's the declaration of baptism, which we've also heard. We saw that with Peter. It was repent, turn your life over to Jesus, turn from your life of sin, and be baptized. Let it be known publicly. Let it be seen. Declaration of baptism. Uh, Baptism says, I don't just believe that Jesus is my Savior. I'm going to show you I believe that he's my Savior. Uh, You know, we use this when I do baptisms, um, and some of you have heard this, but the whole wedding ring thing. See if it's going to come off. There we go. All right. Um, I wear this as a symbol of commitment to my wife. I have now taken it off. Therefore, I am not married anymore, correct? Especially kids. I need to make sure you're listening. I'm not married anymore because I took my ring off, right? Uh, Yeah, I'm getting conflicting. Yeah, the uh, kids that have to provoke me. Um, All right. Uh, Yes, I am still married. This is a symbol. Baptism is a symbol of something, a commitment I make in my life. It's an outward symbol. And let me tell you, for the rest of the church, as long as I'm pastor here, I better not have a baptism service that's like, yay. Do you realize God changed a life and he's still at work in an age when God is dead? How dare us? Uh, Man, what what a time of celebration and rejoicing. If the angels in heaven are doing it, why aren't we doing it down here? They're putting on better parties than us. I want to compete a little bit, okay? Um, Declaration of baptism is important for all of us. Ephesians 4, 4 to 6 reminds us that there is one body and one spirit, the body of Christ. Just as you were called to the one hope that belongs to your call, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, which is all a part of this one God and Father of all who is over all, through all, and in all. Baptism is part of being in the church. It's part of it. It shows that you're identifying. You're part of the family. I saw this quote by John MacArthur, one of my favorite commentaries uh, this past week. He said this, baptism, being baptized, is a simple act of obedience. I mean, think about it. You're just getting into a pool of water 
A guy saying a few words, asking a few questions. Maybe you're reading a testimony. You get put underwater and brought back up and wow, done. I mean, that's pretty easy. But he makes this point. He's like, it's just a simple act of obedience. Jesus wants you to be baptized. He tells the disciples, go baptize them. It's a simple act of obedience. If you can't do it, this simple step, how will you obey him with more difficult matters? If you can't do the simple one, how are you going to do the more difficult things that he's going to bring on you if you're a follower of Jesus? I encourage you to think about being baptized. Uh, I want to challenge you all with this um, as we start wrapping up. There's a couple reasons, I believe, why you need to make it known, that you are following Jesus and make it known through baptism as well. Um, those two uh, declarations. Number one, uh, underneath this is uh, sig uh, there's significant moments in our life stick. They do. There's significant moments in your life you will always be able to remember, as I mentioned, with the wedding and so on. Maybe you had just this unbelievable birthday when you turned 18 or whatever it was. You will always remember it. You need to make it known so you can look back to it. This was that moment that I gave my life to Christ. This was that moment when I gave uh, my life over to ministry. Uh, last, well, it's been two years now. Uh, two years ago, we went up to um, snow camp up at Word of Life. And uh, I went to Word of Life, as uh, most of you know. Um, and uh, I didn't get the chance to go over there just because of the craziness of our time up there. But I could see Hungry Dorm, which was my dorm. And uh, Hungry Dorm has a glass front, and I could see the staircase going up to the second level. And I could see the steps that was the steps that in December of 1995, uh, I sat there. I was really conflicted. The Holy Spirit was stirring a lot of stuff up into me. I'd been this apathetic Christian kid most of my life. I didn't care about my faith. And it was that night that my RA let me stay out there a little longer, and I was reading through Romans 6, and was just that moment of complete breaking and conviction in my life of how I had been living for so many years. And it was that place, that location, that I was like, God, I'm all yours. What do you want? Finally, I had been brought to that moment. Finally. And so when I could see that from a distance, I'm like, that's my spot. I remember that spot. To most people, there's steps. They go up and down them all the time. That's a significant spot in my life journey where I committed my life to following Jesus full-heartedly and to ministry. Um, we need to do it for us. It sticks when we have an important ceremony, an important moment, or important location. Uh, another reason we need to make it known for us is it grows our faith. Uh, it takes faith to openly admit that you're a believer. Some of you may have homes that are hostile when you openly admit that you're a believer. You may have family members that are going to be disgusted with you. But that's what's where faith comes in. That's what grows you in your dependence upon God because it's going to be hard, but he is going to be faithful if you truly meant it. And third uh, with that is uh, it sets a life standard. Um, military has a swearing in of people, some of you know because you've gone through this yourself. You swear an oath to defend the country, the Constitution. And so you go through this swearing in moment, this moment that you can look back on of, I remember when I swore my oath. And so you look back at it. 
And what these men are doing and these women are doing is they're swearing to do their duty. This is what is expected of somebody in the military. That means that they're not going to then say, wow, look at the time. Okay, guys, I'm out. Um, by the way, I'm going to go fight for Canada. Uh, no, you're setting a standard for your life that you will defend and, and honor the Constitution of the United States of America. When you are a Christian, you are setting a bar. This is the standard that I should be living by that I need to reflect back on. This is where I come back to. And so these are reasons why I believe it's important for you to publicly declare your faith and to also be baptized. Secondly is, is this. Why do we as the church need you to make it known? We're not doing it to embarrass you, I can tell you that. But the reason we need you to make it known is we'd like to know who our new family members are. That'd be great, you know, instead of us sort of guessing, so have they, are they a believer or have they given their life to Jesus or not? I, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I thought they said something about Jesus once, uh, but, uh, you know, we would love to know who our new family members are. It's exciting for us to know who they are because this also secondly adds responsibility for us. You are now part of our responsibility. We need to minister to you. We need to care for you. We need to encourage you. We need to come alongside you. We need to answer questions you may have. We need you to make it known for us that we know who we're ministering to. And thirdly, it celebrates God's work. It celebrates God's work. As I said, God is still changing lives. I, you know, when a church stops concerning themselves about salvations and baptisms, they're on their way out. They're on their way out. It's done. When it's this, like, novelty when somebody comes to Christ, that's shameful. That's shameful. And a church really needs to do some internal searching as to why did I become so apathetic towards people coming to Jesus. We want to celebrate with you that you are a part of our family. You have given your life. You've taken the ultimate step of faith, the biggest decision of your life, to turn your life over to Jesus Christ. And we're here as a church being responsible for those that are coming to Christ, all of us, not just the pastoral staff, not just the, the, the elders and deacons, all of us are responsible for this new family member. We come together like a family. So, I have two questions that I just want to highlight real quick because when we talk about baptism, there's two things that are always asked of me. Um, one, what if I was baptized as a baby? Okay, uh, some of you were raised in Catholic tradition or maybe it was Lutheran, Methodist, so on and so forth. Uh, what if you're baptized as a baby? Um, I encourage you to consider it. If you have given your life to Christ since then, which you were a baby, I'm pretty sure you weren't able to then, um, I encourage you to consider it. Uh, it, it's something that is, again, putting a declarative moment, something memorable to say, I am a follower of Jesus Christ. It's why I encourage people to consider doing it. It's because it is, it's just as much for you as much as it is for all of us to be able to celebrate with you. For some of you, that may be embarrassing. You may have been a believer for 20 years. You just never got around to it or it was never really pushed as a priority. I want to encourage you to pray about it. Don't be embarrassed by it. Uh, for us, we're seeing a person taking an act of humility and an act of faith, and that is to be celebrated. There isn't no one here going, well, they've been teaching my kids in Sunday school. 
and they're just now getting baptized? How am I going to explain that to my kids? No, I'll tell you how I'll explain it to our kids. They're taking a step of faith and humility and being obedient to what Jesus calls them to. And you can too. Let's have a talk. There's an opportunity for that. So if you're baptized as a baby, perfectly consider it. Maybe it is something for you to help you in declaring your faith in Jesus Christ. Uh, the second one is a little bit more interesting. Uh, can I be rebaptized? Uh, here's my answer. Um, it depends on why. And here's what I mean by rebaptized. You were baptized at age five or baptized at age 18. I've had this happen where a person came up to me and they said, I was at this like really just emotional church service and people were lining up to get baptized and I just fell into order and I got baptized. But since then I realized I didn't know what on earth I was really even doing and I've just recently given my life to Christ. Can I get rebaptized? Uh, that would be a case where I would talk it over with leadership and I wouldn't have an issue with rebaptizing that person because again, step of faith, humility, understanding. Uh, it's not meriting them, it's not saving them but it is important and significant for them. There are people who will go over to Israel, they'll be baptized in the Jordan River and so on, uh, is that symbolic thing. Um, it, again, it's case by case. If it's just, well, you know, it was kind of fun the first time, I'd like to do it again. Um, probably going to tell you no. Uh, that's not a good reason for us to uh, rebaptize. but it would be a case by case thing to talk through. But all of today is, is about challenging you, and especially this week, to challenge you to make your faith public knowledge. If you've been silent about believing in Jesus, if you've been embarrassed, you've been quiet about him, today's the day to declare it. I'm calling today to be the day that I challenge you to cross that line. No more playing around, no more fuzziness in spirituality, but declaring, Jesus, I give my life to you. I live my life for you. And I've turned from a life of sin. Secondly, if you've been toying with commitment, uh, today is your day to pick a side. It's a day to pick a side of, is it Jesus or is it you? And I don't want you to, to hem-haw it or just keep, keep kicking it down the road. Make that decision. And third, if you've been pushing off baptism again, I just encourage you to make it public. Uh, for your sake, for the church, uh, take that step of faith, take that step of humility, prayerfully consider it. If it is something you are interested in um, on your Connect card, there is that box that you can check. I'll reach out to you or have one of the elders reach out to you to talk to you about it, and we will see with that. Um, if you are a student in here, a kid, um, talk it over with your parents. If this is an act that you want it known, remember what this is all about. It's not just this cool thing and you get to jump in or we have a water slide in. This is about declaring, I am following Jesus the rest of my life. Wherever he wants me, I'm going. That's what it's all about. There's an importance in a public declaration. And we need to become a church of public declaration. Let's have a word of prayer. Father, as we saw uh, Peter just boldly calling people to take action upon their faith, to make it known. Lord, I ask that if there are people in here that are just sort of nervous, I, I get that. That's totally human and normal. Lord, if it's they're afraid to take that step of the line, that your Holy Spirit would help them, give them the strength to take that step of faith. Lord, if they have never made that decision to say, I am turning from a life of living for myself 
I am all yours, Lord. Take me. I commit my life to being like you, that today would be that day. They would not look back. In fact, the only thing that they would do to look back to this day is that was the day I took it seriously. I got real about Jesus Christ. Lord, if there's any who are uh, struggling with the baptism question, I ask you to make that clear for them. Uh, Lord, for some of our young people who are still really figuring out faith for themselves, as I remember that myself when I was in high school, it was really my parents' faith and not my own, that you would help them to solidify their commitment to you, even at a young age, that they may take that step and that they would cross the line, not just of faith, but also making it publicly known through baptism. We thank you for these these moments together, Lord, help us to be a church that sees many people being changed by you, not for our glory, but for your glory, Lord. And we ask all of this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Well, that's it for this week. Thank you for joining us. If you would like prayer, you can send your prayer request into prayer at gfchurch.net and we will pray for you. If you like this message, don't forget to subscribe on the podcast app, Google, or Spotify. Give us a follow on Facebook and Instagram. We look forward to seeing you next week.